The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, 1123. Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here to continue our expectations series today, and today we're talking about Jalen Ferguson and Brandon Stevens. So, a couple guys who uh, have an interesting spot right now in the Ravens' uh, totem pole of of talent. Here to talk about me, uh, talk about that with me is Denard Melton. Denard, how you doing? I'm good, sir. Thanks for having me back on the show. Oh, great, great to have you back. Always great to talk football with you, my friend. Uh, tell folks where they can talk football with you on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at the Fire Zone Show. Um, and you can reach out to Mayor and talk a little defense for sure. All right. Do you guys share that? Uh, I know there's three of you on the fire zone. Do you guys share that? Uh, uh, no, it's just me. All right. All right. Outstanding. Uh, so let's jump right into it. Talk a little Jalen Ferguson here. Uh, just talking about where he is right now. His snaps have dropped each year. He had a 52% share in, in that 2019 season as a rookie. Really got a trial by fire. Um, dropped to 12.2%, including seven inactive games in 2021. So not the kind of progression you'd hope to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, his 2021 low snap count, too, came after a really outstanding preseason, I thought. Yeah. Um, he, he, he thought he had turned the corner, in a sense, in the preseason. You, you started seeing the, the light bulbs come on, and – I'm not sure if something happened in terms of preparations or not being in in the best shape, or maybe they wanted him to kind of continue to push forward and he didn't feel like he was given a fair shake. I, I don't know, but Mm -hmm. he didn't really show up. Um, And you can kind of see that from his numbers and everything that came along. So from everything we've kind of heard so far, seems like another person showed up. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uh, always been a guy in the past who carried a little extra weight, a little mm-hmm. extra around the midsection, you know, and that's good for an offensive lineman, not that great for a, for a uh, edge rusher, 
you, you yes. kind of want their, your guys lean and mean and bendy and and all good. And I realize people got to be able to hold the point of attack against the run too. But uh, he'll be 27 in December now, so not a spring chicken anymore. Entering his fourth season, uh, very much on the bubble entering camp. And in fact, uh, various people are fighting for roles and jobs here, but mm-hmm. he's he's in danger. Oh, he's definitely in danger. And, and I think we'll have to see how uh, Mike McDonald is truly going to set up his defense. If, if we're going to see a lot more four-man fronts, it, it's going to become a numbers game. And that, that number is going to have to go in the secondary or, or somewhere else. So I, I think we're going to really have to keep a keen eye on the direction up front and it'll kind of give us a good idea if, if Jalen is going to get the opportunity to step into what seems to be Mike McDonald letting the pass rushers loose on the outside. So, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll certainly see how that works. It, it, he certainly needs to do some things as a pass rusher to improve what he's done. Came came with a reputation as a as a great bull rusher and not having a lot of other outside inside moves you know that, that were that were special certainly uh, he needs something like that added to the toolkit at this point he also needs to be a, a you know a top flight run defender because I think that's where a lot of his opportunity to take snaps could come is if he mm-hmm. plays on first and second down and some of the more designated pass rushers come in on on third down a jabo for example if when he plays this year will probably be a designated pass rusher and not much else. Ferguson could kick inside on pass rush downs as he has in the past mm-hmm. uh, when Wink liked to put those multiple outside linebacker looks on. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's He's got the the body type to, to fit both sides of the ball. I mean, both sides of the defense. It's just a matter of if there's room and opportunity for him to make that point in this camp. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is – I think he's going to have opportunity. It's just a matter of, is it going to be enough to stick? Right. The guy he may be um, fighting for the last outside linebacker role with is Vince Beagle. And uh, it's interesting because Vince Beagle is really more of a Sam linebacker, a guy who comes with more of a coverage pedigree. He's been in the Mm -hmm. league a number of years. Frankly, at this point with, with Ferguson, the fourth year Beagle in his sixth, I don't think it matters much. Uh, you know, in terms of age or in terms of, uh, you know, future value. I think they're looking at which of those players can give them the most this next year. Uh, Ferguson doesn't really have any appreciable comp pick formula that I would project for him. I think, yeah. he, you know, he, he'd, uh, he's not going to get a big contract anywhere else. He might be somebody the Ravens could resign, but then so could Beagle if he, uh, if he performs well. And the Ravens are, with Bowser out, are – I think want to make sure that they have enough options available to play that Sam spot. They've got Daylon Hayes. They certainly hope he he steps up and does mm-hmm. a good job. Uh, they got Adafi Owe, who I think has all the tools to play Sam linebacker. But I think they want a third um, who who can play that spot. Yeah, absolutely. You you want? I mean, you saw what happened last year with all the injuries, um, mm-hmm. and to have individuals who can come in and at least solidify that and and wait the return of Bowser um, would be greatly appreciated, um, I'm sure, in, 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 that, uh, in that building. Yeah. Yeah, he is, uh, he is certainly the man at, the, at that same spot. Well, let's talk about some goals for Jalen in, in 2022, what would you know, help advance his, uh, his cause a little bit. Uh, one thing I really want to see out of him is that he makes the team – based on the quality of his play in the preseason and the quality of his practice, as opposed to depth issues and injuries forcing the Ravens hand at outside linebacker. I, I, I agree with that. I think what I would like to see is more splash plays mm-hmm. from him. Um, what I, specifically? I don't, I don't, I don't need like sacks, fumbles, things along that sort. I need consistent splash opportunities that create opportunities not only for him but also his teammates and I think a lot of guys and a lot of people get wrapped up in numbers sack totals this that and the other if you got a guy who's disruptive I want him more than I want a guy who's just going to go out there and get 12 sacks don't get me wrong you want a guy like that you need a guy like that every once in a while 
but I rather have a guy in a sense that's going to be literally disruptive, run, pass, maybe not getting all the sacks, but I know he's going to be an issue up front that I can use going forward. I don't need guys who are just body types anymore. I think the Ravens are trying to get away from that. I think they're trying to get guys who can make plays instead of just getting a good football player. You want a good football player, but that guy's got to be able to generate splash plays. And I think that's going to be the, the call of the defense going forward is we need to make splash plays. We need to be consistent, but we need to make fast plays. Well, in terms of in terms of contributory pressures that you mentioned at the beginning of that, um, he certainly has some of those characteristics. Having the good length, is one of the things you really want to be a good underneath player on twists and stunts. Mm-hmm. And if he lined up inside over the guard, crosses the guard's face, uh, you know, and hits the center, uh, that's the kind of thing that can create opportunity behind him, whether it's Patrick Queen racing in to get a sack or Adafi Owe using his quickness or Justin Matabike stunning with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got some quick players for overs. Uh, the under guys, and and oftentimes, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but the under guy actually really benefits from the over guy on a stunt and is often the guy who ends up getting the sack because mm-hmm. uh, the, the the blocks peel off. One of the blocks has to peel off, and, the, and one of the players of those two often has a very disadvantaged block against the under guy, yeah. and he, he can then get home. Well, you know, the Ravens have a fair number of decent under guys, but they but they they really probably have more overs than under when I really count it up. You know, you've got Bowser and Oway and Matabike and – uh, even Campbell himself is a good over or under guy, right. terrific under guy. Um, they're not going to have Wolf, who's one of the great under guys, uh, it would appear to me. But maybe Urban is another good under guy they can have. So, yeah, so definitely yeah they're, they're going to you're going to see a lot more stunts from them up front. I think that's will help the pass rush across the board being a little more flexible in terms of games up front with the D line and being able to confuse because Wink would like confuse with overloads and things along that mm-hmm. sort. I, I, any type of game up front is, is probably one of the most effective things a defensive right. line can do up front, particularly against, you know, running quarterbacks in a sense. Yeah. And when, and when you're, when you're going to, um, uh, stunt. You generally don't blitz with a stunt, nope. other than in a very controlled way. You need to know exactly where your stunt's occurring, and your blitz works off that. But but if if you've got a blitz coming from level two, uh, if you don't have a blitz coming from level two, the players often have the power on field to make that choice mm-hmm. and to say, okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna do it here. And and you know, a player like Calais Campbell could easily you know call a twist yeah. right on the field. Yeah, yeah and, and they'll give them a free roll. They like to call it a free roll. Yeah. So now the key to that is trusting your D lineman. Now, mm-hmm. you don't want – they may lock it to one side, say you've got a free roll to the left, right side, you're a standard bird or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So they'll lock it one side if necessary. Sometimes when, when the fun starts rolling, <laughs> you free roll both sides, but you make sure that your inside guys, whoever's doing the stunt, we're on the same page and we've got our lanes covered and everybody's got their jobs in mm-hmm. hand. Yeah, it sets your 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 linebackers, your dimebacks, even your safeties in that situation really have to understand what's going on. And they may be privy sometimes to the stunt call if they can pick it up mm-hmm. if it's you know behind the leg or whatever the the one lineman is signaling it. The uh, good stuff. Uh, I think I want to see uh, Ferguson return to kind of the average of his nineteen and twenty level as an edge setter. He he really made progress towards the end of 19 and into 20 in terms of some of that edge setting. And I, I, I just got to say one of his ways to get his foot in the door is, is by playing first and down first and second down effectively. Uh, it's just, it's, the Ravens aren't overloaded with such players. If they bring Justin Houston back at the rush side, so he's playing the same position mm-hmm. as Jalen, then he's going to be a guy. I think they want to play less snaps and more on obvious passing downs. You know, a guy who, who, uh, probably is going to have a little bit less in the tank every year, or we can expect that. And you want to get him in there on uh, on passing downs. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the biggest thing we have to remember, and there's you know high possibilities that 
a lot of these guys that we thought should be playing mm-hmm. didn't play because of a certain D coordinator. So let's let's see how this opens up as fresh eyes brings fresh legs and, and okay. fresh enthusiasm. And guys may feel like they're free to do things that come natural to them on the football field instead of feeling like they have to slant this way and hold this ground and check with other 10 players on the field, which way are you going? How are you doing this? Are we jumping over the line? Are we? <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I do not have any hate for Wink. I think, you know, his situation was a bad one last year and, and he, he, he did one of the Ravens. I get that. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, I come from a defensive mindset that simplicity breeds uh, game-changing events, especially okay. on defense. And you were talking kind of briefly about it earlier. If I know a stunt is happening to my side, I already have a beat on maybe what the call, you know, the offensive the receiver might be doing. So mm-hmm. if I'm in zone and I know a stunt, the ball might be coming out quick. So I'm already on alert. And that's why you see a lot of those things when stunts happen and the quarterback has to let it go a half a second early and that linebacker shooting that hole, I, you know, you see those things and you, you think that you bring Jalen Ferguson into that. He's a type of guy who can move pockets because of his background of being a bull rush type guy. And that's the type of things I think he can bring to the table. If he's not outside pressing on first and second down, he can be quote unquote, the McPhee sledgehammer if you're looking for the the stunt guy or the 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 wild banshee or whatever you want to call it, that's a that's a very high bar you're setting. I mean, I and, and I appreciate it. It's but but Fernell McPhee, one of the great thunderous first steps in Ravens history, and and I just don't see Ferguson. No, I'm not saying that he yeah. is that type of player, but you yeah. need those individuals who are willing to do those things. It doesn't yeah, have oh, to yeah. be a, a McPhee type. Uh, body type we all know who he was and what he brought to the table but this is a different type of nfl and you don't need those type of hammers in a sense but you need guys who actually want to play football okay fair <laughs> enough so yeah i mean ravens have had some have some great underneath guys and i hope ferguson can be that where wherever he plays uh, yeah. uh he's uh He's, he's certainly got the size to do more uh, than he has in that regard and the, and the length. Um, talk about other things we'd like to see. And first of all, jump in here if, if you have one. But I, I obviously, I want to be ready in the event of injury. It's a pretty simple thing, but that includes practicing well and maintaining the coach's trust as, as that's happening. Uh, you know, not becoming a doghouse player for whatever reason. Right. You know, it can happen for a lot of reasons, and Harbaugh's running a big kennel out there. Uh, in terms of of you know who he seems to doghouse over the course of a season, Malik Harrison was was there last year. Certainly, Tim Williams had a lot of his time with the Ravens. Seemed to be in the doghouse, uh, but uh, but you know it, Jalen Ferguson definitely in year four, if he wants to continue his NFL career, can't afford to be doghouse. No, not at all. Um, I, I think he has to understand and show up consistently every day. Every, I, I mean, when you walk in the door, 6 a.m., and you need to be eating breakfast. I need you in the weight room. I need to see it as a coach. Day in and day out, you coming in and taking care of your business? Or is it just a flash in a pan? You show up at OTAs looking ripped and everything, but you come back at camp, and it's the same dude I saw for the <laughs> last three years. Yeah. That's the that's the the Earl Williams technique. I don't know. Are you are you uh, old enough that you remember Earl Williams, the catcher for the Orioles in the seventies, or you're too? No, that's right. that's a few years before my time. <laughs> Earl, Earl Weaver said, you know, he he was a guy that the the, the Orioles traded away an you know unbelievable portion of talent for uh, slugging catcher was really gonna gonna reverse their fortunes for the seventy three season, and they brought him in and and. What Weaver said about him all the time was he would he was intelligent and he would come in and he he every time they'd have a fight he'd apologize and say you know I I want to turn my deficiencies around and then two days later he's like not he's refusing to take infield practice and he's doing all these other things so it just it, it never worked uh, right. in terms of that he spent two years with with the Orioles and he got eight pages in Earl Weaver's book 
talking about his relationship with this guy. It's great, by the way, fantastic <laughs> management book uh, in terms of how to deal with a with a with a troubling. <laughs> That's great. He was there for two years in a book. He got eight pages. That's great. <laughs> I mean, Jim Palmer and he had a, had a very you know tumultuous relationship over time. Palmer always thought he was smarter than Weaver, and you know Weaver was the manager and wanted that to be the the way things went. But the but uh, but the relationship between. Um, uh, Earl Williams and uh, and Weaver is just hilariously detailed. And the book is called It's What You Learn After You Know It All That Counts. It's probably out of print. You can find it on eBay and places like that. Great buy if you see it. Really worth it. If you're a, if you're an Orioles fan, a baseball fan, or just management strategy fan, this is a thing. I brought it I brought it for some of the other senior managers at, at my work, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years or so ago. And they, uh, uh, you know, some baseball fans there that enjoyed it. Yeah, totally. Uh, you you I mean, those stories from Earl Weaver might be just, just, just a little, little too much. <laughs> they're they're gold, that's for sure. Uh, you know, Ferguson can't emphasize much how much he's at a fork in the road, a bad camp, a difficult season, and he might get another chance, and he might not. Uh, is is all I can say. You know, he'll be he'll be looking at a vet minimum deal somewhere to try and rejuvenate his career. A lot of those don't work out. A lot of those don't even end up in a roster spot if he yeah. gets invited to camp. So, you know, the, the, his, his time might be coming to a close if he, if he doesn't get something done this year. Yeah. I mean, he may end up being one of those guys that get traded for a late pick at the end of camp. Could be. For a guy, you know, who need that some team needs a body going into week one. So mm-hmm. we'll see what he does. I hope he, he shows up as the reports say in, in the best shape they've ever seen. He shows up consistent every day, puts his work in, but he's going to have to show flashes, but consistent flashes. I think that's important going in the in those you know season four for him. Yeah, it's a it's a you know a more than fair point. I, one other thing that I would say that is going to be important for for not getting doghoused by Harbaugh is that. He doesn't react poorly to the first adversity, yes. so there it will come, and and there's gonna he's gonna be left off the active roster because he's right on the margin of it. I mean, he's on the margin of the fifty three, and they'll probably have an outside linebacker inactive most games, and he he could be inactive four or five games in a row, yeah. or, or or even two games in a row, and he can't let that impact his desire to practice or his you know work in the weight room or any of the other things you talk about being there at the right time, you know the right meeting, you know whatever. Uh, you know, if it, I, I don't remember how much special teams Jalen Ferguson plays, I don't think it's much, uh, but he might he might play on the kick block unit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he, he, he I don't think he plays on punt coverage or on punt returns. So, uh, you know, it's a different body type for him yeah. to be on those two. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about what's a good and a great season for for Jalen Ferguson, and and I, I'll give mine first if you don't mind, Denard, yeah. and uh, you can react to it. Saying, good to me is he has a good camp in preseason, he avoids the Turk, and he earns a rotational role at outside linebacker. I I would agree with that. I I would throw on there that if he's not going to be above 30% of the snaps for the season, I I think you have to let him go. Okay. So you're saying part of, part of him avoiding the Turk is, is really deciding if you've got playing time for him. And, yep. uh, if That's fair enough. Yeah. Well, let's go on with a great season. Um, I, I, I'd say great season. He developed something new as a pass rusher, some move that, that elevates his ability to generate pressure and contributes in a meaningful way to better pressure for the season for the Ravens. Obviously, he'd be playing fairly regularly, I think, if that happened. I, I would say that he, he plays in all 16 games and he's a consistent run defender for the Ravens, part of, of a group that's going to be need a reinforcement. So I think that's a great season for him. All right. All right. Excellent addition. So we got we got a little bit on each side of the ball there in the great season. And that's fair. That yeah. would be great if he if he did both those things. How about we move on? We talk a little Brandon Stevens now, obviously a guy whose role is not even certain coming into this year in terms of where he will play. He'll be on the team, but mm-hmm. there, there's a question of, of whether where they'll play him. 
came from SMU, limited experiences as a defensive back that we kind of have to remind people. Um, But then when he did turn into a defensive back, when he moved to SMU, uh, he was spread all over the place. He played boundary cornerback in the slot and at safety. And in fact, it wasn't just like they'd move him there from game to game as they needed him or for some sort of a specific situation. It was it was, it was matchup and it was it was different by down by down, which mm-hmm. was the strangest thing. So you watch tape of the guy, you got to find his shoes to find him because the New Jersey were very difficult to, to read. Um, rookie year marked by a lot of inconsistency. Frankly, uh, he he did uh, come on for Elliott. Uh, he was one of the few guys in the secondary who tackled reasonably well, uh, but what he didn't do well is cover, and that's not a good thing for a safety. 148.6 passer rating against him per PFF. So that's near perfect. Uh, you don't want to see that, obviously. Uh, right. And it's, it, that's an area where, you know, I, I, it's a difficult transition for anyone coming to the NFL. It's probably a more difficult transition for somebody with this background of not having a single position where he's really learning a craft. Um, and yet he's got to get better. Well, um, I will say this about that rating. You you know the old adage is when when a defensive coordinator likes to hang 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 people out. I I think there were a lot of situations where um, not just Mr. Stevens was hung out to dry. I, I think uh, if we go back and, and look at the Bengals game, I think Mr. Humphrey would say, um, "Can can we run can we run this back and have a different game plan?" So <laughs> I think yes, maybe he was he was targeted, but he's also was a guy who had to move so much because of injury. He was the guy who was the most flexible and probably the most athletic individual in the secondary up until uh, Marcus Williams. And I would probably throw that up into a 50-50 toss-up of who's the most athletic between the two. Mm -hmm. Um, I think him coming into this season, and this is just my personal opinion, I think he's going to what he's going to make what this defense is in terms of he's the only one you look at the entire roster defensively who's flexible. If you look at Humphrey, he can play a little slot, but you you don't want him in there. I I agree with that. Yeah, yep. he, he, he makes makes me nervous. Um, but anybody else on that team in the secondary, if someone goes down, who's the next person in? Most likely Stevens. Ham- Hamilton and Clark probably have some versatility. Williams is strictly a back-end yeah, guy. Yeah, but he's going to be the first corner outside. Yeah. He's going to be the first Fair enough. slot guy. He he is going to be the guy, and everybody's going to be like, well, he's not a starter this or the other. He's going to be the most important guy in the secondary to make it all work. Because okay. if you have Peters and Humphrey and say Kyle Hamilton's down for a game, Guess who mm-hmm. can step into that role, and you're not going to miss much, you know. And and now your third down packages, you got a Brandon Stevens and a Kyle Hamilton. Now you can play super matchup and say, "Hey, Kyle, you study uh, Travis Kelsey this week." Yep. That's that's your matchup. Whatever side of the field he goes, I need Brandon Stevens. You're going to literally know the other side of it, so I need you to know both sides of it. And he's done that before. So I think his flexibility and his ability to understand and process defense is going to be massive to the secondary going forward. Okay. So so you would you would say he's like maybe Patrick McCary is to the offensive line in terms of if McCary does not start somewhere, which I think is likely, right. then he, he'll end up being the first one-for-one um, uh, person who gets put in pretty much for a loss anywhere from left anywhere tackle to right across back. the board, yeah. free safety, strong safety, corner. He's that. Okay. He's he's the new Jimmy Smith in a sense. All right, all right. Well, that's that's a that is definitely a top end view of Brandon Stevens. I I I will say I think the Ravens' safety room is just outstanding, yes. one to five without Stevens. Without because Stevens. I'm really projecting <laughs> Stevens to cornerback, um, and and you know I have. It's not obvious to me whether Stevens is a slot guy or an outside guy, but I would I would tend to say I think the Ravens could use him more, his size and some of the physicality that I would project on him to guard the boundary. Mm-hmm. I think would do better on the outside. Um, I think the, the, he's not he's not a prototypical slot guy. Uh, one of the things that that kind of didn't work at safety for my money is 
He's he's got terrific um, natural athleticism and speed. Right. He's not the greatest reader, and you know. Yep. Not- I would agree with that. I would agree mm-hmm. with his because he's played very little of the back end. That mm-hmm. kind of comes with time. Is you don't second guess yourself when you see the ball in the air or trust your the ball is even thrown like the, the, even the good ones, they're already taking one step. Now Ed Reed and those guys are taking four steps yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before the quarterback is throwing the ball. But that just, that is a process of learning the nuances. Now the beautiful part now coming into this year is from everything we think we know what Mike McDonald may or may not do there's going to be a lot more zone mm-hmm. and long corners do very well yeah. in zone coverage. It's, it's just, you've got an extra couple of inches to jump balls. You have a little more protection behind you. That's why Marcus Peters loves playing zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cover three is his coverage. There's no doubt about it. Right. And, and having him and any of those corners, any of those safeties that, and that's the beautiful part of having, so many different diverse types of individuals in the back end, which is why I don't think Chuck Clark is going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Why? You you saw what happened last year when you were literally decimated by injuries. Maybe if you need something come week six and the trade deadline is coming around, like, okay, maybe we entertain at that point to bring in a, a final piece that you're lacking. Hint, hint. Yeah. <laughs> player, player for player trades – are really rare during in season because mm-hmm. they, they they there's trouble fitting cap for cap there's there's trouble uh matching up with your talent need with another team just got I mean, you know the rams happened to have um uh marcus peters available at a time and they and they actually had an interest in kenny young but they could yeah. have asked for just draft capital right at the time and, and probably gotten a three instead of a four kind of thing mm-hmm. uh for, for uh for marcus but uh, uh they, they they don't often work out there aren't a lot of blockbuster player for player trades and i agree clark i mean if he's he's very cheap so some other team is really going to want him uh if he were a much higher uh cap he wouldn't he probably wouldn't be tradable no. at all in season yeah no and and if you if it's not player for player, you get the draft capital and mm-hmm. then in turn flip flip the pick. Yeah. Flip the pick or flip one of your other picks and get the player you need. So you're just in essence going like for like, just making sure you're not hamstringing yourself for the future. Yeah, good good point. So you, you could do it you could either do a three team trade that way if yeah. you if you're trading picks or you can do other things to to make that work out. Certainly. Yeah. Oh, that's uh you know, that's fair enough. I, I hope they keep Clark the whole season just a First of all, I love the fact that he's at OTAs after all this has happened. He's clearly unhappy with his contract, but not letting it impact him. I don't think he's really unhappy with his role. I think he's unhappy with his contract from what I can get. And the fact that he's there, um, I, I don't personally to me, there's no doubt about it. Who, who wears the green dot this season for the Baltimore Ravens. And, and once he does it, once Chuck Clark wears the green dot, that means he's playing every single play where he's healthy. And, and that means uh, it, it, what it absolutely means is Kyle Hamilton is not going to play 100% of the snaps, and right. and that's fine. Nobody should be that upset about that. No, you know, it's it's uh, you know he'll he'll be outstanding if he plays 50 to 70% of the snaps. He'll be a little bit better rested. He'll you know he'll have some more specific circumstances he studied for. I mean, just a lot of good opportunities to get him in the game, and you know he's he's the Ravens' Derwin James. Yeah, and I think you you kind of brought a, a good point up, which is why I've always preached that a linebacker must carry the green dot. Well, it'll be, it'll be Chuck effectively in that right, back right. role. It, yeah. You, you want him. I mean, I, I prefer having a safety carry the green dot. And, no, and Mike, I'd rather have a linebacker carry the green dot because take that of side. That reason. debate this with me. Yes. So mm-hmm. linebacker, if you have a three down linebacker who is never going to leave the field. Okay. You can build a defense around that. If you have a secondary guy, who is back in not close to the huddle. If you got a guy who can't get the checks, therefore you do not trust anybody in your front seven to make calls. Therefore you have a weak front seven because no one understands the defense in front of you. 
If you have a linebacker who understands it, that means he has a green dot on his back. That means he understands the calls. He understands the process. He understands everything that's going on in front of him. Now, more times or not, you want a smart guy doing that, but some that's why people are hesitant to give it to safeties or anybody of that sort because they are more apt to come off the field depending on package than a third down, a three down linebacker in a sense of Bobby Wagner, who they were trying to get. Okay. Let me, I'm I'm going to take the other side of that argument just for the good of the show, but it's also happens to be exactly what I believe is that um, your, your strong safety is on the field for basically every play. Uh, There, there, there are very few exceptions in the NFL where there's a free safety, strong safety pairing that doesn't play pretty much every play. Right. So your strong safety is going to be there. Your free safety, I agree with your comments about him being too far off the line of scrimmage is a bad thing to to if he has to if he has to cover out a single high and go somewhere deep on the field, that's just disadvantageous for getting back to the line of scrimmage. Of course, remember that receiver also has to get back to the huddle. Yeah. Uh, but but they, but it's disadvantageous in terms of getting back to the line of scrimmage and making that call. So I prefer it to be the strong safety, and that's where most teams go. There are exceptions, but that's where most teams go. So the, the teams that, that have it at strong safety, um, they have the flexibility to use their inside linebackers in any way they like. So when they don't have Luke Keekley, they don't have Ray Lewis, they don't have Bobby Wagner, uh, they, can, they can put two guys on there, two safeties, in at linebacker, and that's where the strength of the Ravens really is. They got this one to five safety run with Jefferson and Stone are two guys we haven't mentioned outside of the top three. Yeah. Each of them has something to offer, and Jefferson in particular could replace the mic this year, I think, in quarter packages. So we'll see no inside linebackers on the field. Jefferson is that mic roll, and Clark is that dime roll. Um, I think that gives you a terrific uh, set of defenders. And the, the other point that, that I've made often on this show is that when you do commit to a three-down linebacker, that's an extraordinarily expensive asset. Much cheaper to go at safety and keep your talent there. Um, the, if if your inside linebacker goes down, you are hosed. If you platoon an inside linebacker with two or even three different players, as we've seen with the Ravens on the weak side in particular, but also at the Mike roll as well, um, it's much cheaper to put your franchise together. And, and you know, when I'm a GM and I'm trying to look for ways to get under the cap and make my team cheaper – I don't want a Bobby Wagner on my team. As much as I would love to have Bobby Wagner, the player, mm-hmm. I, I can't afford to have him against the cap because there's too many other competing needs that I have to have to be sensitive to. So they, I, I know we, we see the opposite yeah. side, but I love having the debate with you, Denard. Yeah, and, and I, I completely agree with that to the only extent of the, the, the issue the Ravens have had not having a guy in the front seven with the green dot is consistency against the run. And when that's coming from the safety, that means that the linebacker is just hearing the call. And my old coach used to say, if I'm just hearing the call, I'm not processing it. So I need to say it. And if I'm saying it, that means I'm able to process the guy next to me and the okay. four or five guys that are in front of me. So I can, Help them help me. <laughs> if in the case of the Ravens, would it be fair to say that they've had secondary defensive captains throughout their history? I talk about Ed Reed always being, you know, a guy who can move people around in the secondary. Also, you know, look for gambles himself, but move people around in the secondary. Right. You know, they've got Calais Campbell on the defensive line who's calling stunts himself on the field. You can so you've got that possibility. I think the good situation the Ravens have right now, and we saw a big uptick in Queens play when he isn't the guy. Um, who has to has to be the first responder? If, if when Bynes is on the field with him, he could work off Bynes's key and play much faster yeah. than he had before. A good trail player anyway, but but you know a better player when somebody else is making that first read and he doesn't have to trust his own read quite as much. So I think that you know you still can have an inside linebacker who will direct others on the field yes. in terms of some important things. It's just a he, con- sometimes the consistent voice. Okay, is is as a defender is soothing. When you hear a guy come in a huddle and you hear that guy every time come in a huddle and say, you know, in our in our base, it was based on auto. And everybody can can feel it, resonate it. And if that if I come in a huddle with a weird question like a weird call that we haven't run all week, mm-hmm. the guys are not going to separate the huddle and talk about themselves. They're going to come to me. 
Okay. So if that's Chuck Clark and guys have questions, he's already out trying to get secondary calls. So now he's already removed from the heart (laughs) of what's going on. And any checks or anything coming in is coming through Chuck's ear up until 15 seconds. So after the call comes in, no one has communication with the front seven until after the play. Well, I mean, the Clark can communicate with the front seven, but, but you're saying the coaches he's can't. Got a, he's got secondary stuff. He's he's got to okay. worry about this. That's right. why this is this yeah. is a show of its own. Denari. I would love to do <laughs> this with you again. It's yes, great yes, stuff. Sorry, no, no, no. It's, it's it's you know this it's is really, really t- t- type of tangential discussion I love to have. But I've never had someone come on um, with such conviction about an inside linebacker holding the dot. I mean, I, I, most of the, you know, I, I, I've been the same way for years, frankly, in terms of wanting to get inside linebackers off the field, want to rotate through your guys there. But, you know, you, you make some very interesting points in terms of why it might be a good idea to have that have an inside linebacker do it. And, of course, that's what the Ravens did for many years. Their Mike always was the guy, even when Ray Lewis was down. It was Paul uh, Scott. You know, or, or Bynes or, or you know, somebody or, else. Yeah. Or All About Day was there for – was running it. So, you yeah. – as a defensive coordinator – I always want the front dot and and I want the play caller in the front seven. Okay. That's just, it just helps. I don't know. It, yes, I have bias because I've played linebacker in college <laughs> the way it was, but I can tell you right now, I don't want my secondary guys calling in stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, fair enough, Denard. I think we just got a glimpse under the hood of the Denard set of biases here, but that's wonderful. I, I Now, really, I, I enjoy the conversation, but let's go back to Brandon Stevens, yes, if that's yes. okay. Uh, you know, in terms of goals for this year, I, I the, my top goal for him is to find a single position or role, whether that's outside slot corner, dime, whatever it might be, um, find a role and and stick with it to the degree possible. Now, a lot of this could come in, like like you mentioned, either a one-for-one um, replacement of a player who is lost. So I'd, it'd be okay if it came through that. But whatever role they give him, I'd like them to give him a year to try and develop at that role before they layer in more responsibilities because of need. Yeah, I, I can get on board with that. I think, once again, second-year guys, show consistency, show the growth. You, you've had a year in the league. I need you to come back. I need you to understand what you need to accomplish. What is the assignment that's in front of you? And I need to see that every day. I need you to go out here. I need you to learn. I need you to get better every day. I can't see you step back because I got cats in beside you, in front of you, behind you, who want your job. And that's the, four, the two fourth-round guys. I got two safeties who have been dragged by Ravens fans because they were played out of position. I'm talking about Tony Jefferson and, and Geno Stone. I think we're going to see those guys be better. I need you, Brandon Stevens, to match them, but I need you to be better because you are a better athlete. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. I, uh, I'm I'm excited to see what Stevens does this year. Wherever he plays, I'll be I'll be happy. Uh, I do want to see him learn how to play with his teammates. And yeah. I, you know, this is a it will be a very complex year for the secondary, and and I mean that in a good way. It's going to create opportunity like crazy. When the Ravens play zone defense, they're going to have all sorts of opportunities for Peters to gamble because Hamilton is covering for him or mm-hmm. Williams, either yeah. one. Uh, they got all kinds of opportunity to play games to eliminate routes in the middle of the field by having a safety come down robber concepts. Yeah. You want to see that too. Great. That's, that's, <laughs> that's good. But you know, having two free safeties is an enormous, enormous, you know, boon to this defense that to, to have, you know, the opportunity to, to, to play all these rotational games and whatnot. And you, you, you've heard the Ravens say for years when they really had two strong safeties back there and, and Clark and Elliott is a, is a good example of this, but that's happened before uh, you know, they had a, they had a true free safety with Weddle, but they've had other multiple strong safety years in the mid teens yeah. and whatnot, where, uh, you know, the team just, it, it was severely limited by the fact that they didn't have a true free safety and having two is just, it's so cool. It's, it's cool. And it allows a lot more 
man under coverages with cover over top, a lot of trail. So it makes the windows even tighter. Now, now quarterbacks going to have to throw over the top and not so much back shoulders and digs. And, and the fact that we'll have two individuals on the hashes in terms of safeties, mm-hmm. who can control the middle of the field. It's going to change everything. That's why I wanted Devin Lloyd, because I think okay. he would have changed the way the middle of the field would have been played for the Ravens. Would you take Lloyd instead of Linderbaum, say, or Lloyd instead of uh, I, would take him as, I, 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 I honestly think the Ravens thought Dallas was going to take Linderbaum. Okay. I, I, I would have thought Dallas would have because of what's going on with Travis Ferguson. I mean, Fredrickson. So mm-hmm. I, I honestly thought he wasn't going to be there. So either one, I thought if Devin Lloyd was there and, you know, Linderbaum wasn't there, I think he might have been the pick. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, they've – they certainly invested plenty at inside linebacker these last few years. And um, I, we don't need to go back into this because we'll get yes. back into the debate of, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I love platooning. Uh, <laughs> anyway, another thing that I would like to see from, from Stevens is to, for him to develop a toolkit at outside cornerback that matches with his physical characteristics. So what, what do I mean by that? Develop some good press techniques, develop good techniques to, uh, divert a wide receiver to the boundary. The good ones, the big physical guys, you took an Ike Taylor in the past, and um, you know certainly Humphrey has a lot of this, and Jimmy Smith big time, uh, could just push and push and push for that receiver to basically run himself out of bounds or run out of room. And you end up being a you know a horse that's caught in traffic in the stretch. You just don't you don't have any way to maneuver around and get to the football. And uh, if he could, if he could become that guy, I, and I think that's got a better chance to happen on the outside um, than, than, than playing in space, which I think is actually, it has proven to be more of a weakness for him. Some of it's, some of it's read related, but I'm also not sure he's the quick twitch athlete while he is generally great long speed, yep. um, decent three cone too for Brandon, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I like him. I like him more as a, as a outside corner probably than as a slot guy. Yeah, totally. I, I think he I think he would excel. I think the calls will help in a sense of him maturing and being able to steer receivers where they're supposed to because there were a lot of calls where it was just straight up man out there. You just mm-hmm. you you read the receiver and you set up the way you need to set up. And I think a lot of guys and I think the evolution of receivers in the league has allowed them to run routes from any location on the field. So splits and, and, you know, how close they are to the line of scrimmage or what inside release. I don't think that matters as much as it used to because these guys can get the routes or they, the offenses are set up in a way where everybody's route is running right here on the hash. So I think if Brandon Stevens comes in and he's, improved his technique in a sense where he can be more physical at the point of attack that he got brutalized kind of early in the season. I think that'd be a great step for him. Okay. All right. Outstanding. Um, if he doesn't win a starting job, gotta have, gotta be ready in case of injuries. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, and, and that involves, you know, learning at multiple positions and then I guess really focusing once he gets a position and that's a tough boy. That's a tough route. Um, you know, for him to, for him to have to, uh, I mean, he handled it well with all the, he literally was the only guy (laughs) who played all last year. So, I mean, he, he had his moments where he played well. I think he had a stretch there about four games in a row where you didn't really hear his name very much, which is Mm -hmm. as a defensive quarter, you're like, okay, (laughs) especially as a rookie, if it might, if I'm not hearing your name, that means you're doing, you're doing a job at least. So he, he definitely played better at the end of the year yeah. too, which is, which is a good sign. I mean, if there's several players I'm looking to build on end of year performance, even though the team was very down, there are a few players are standing out. Ben Cleveland uh, did not play well against the Rams, but then had a great game against the Steelers. And I, I, I really want to see him build on that. Stevens is the same way. Played, yeah. you know, three of the last four games at a pretty high level. And I'd love to love to see him build on that. Yeah, totally. 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 I think he's, I think a lot of guys are hungry to, 
unleash their true talents across the front. I think you're, right. gonna, see something, you're gonna see a ferocity we haven't seen in a while up front. Yeah, I, I hope you're right. It'll be it'll be exciting. They should have a little more time to get home, uh, particularly if the Ravens are eliminating some first reads uh, mm-hmm. effectively. You know, they they uh, have that extra three to five tenths of a second, and that's, that's all it need. takes sometimes. Yeah. yeah, so that'll be fun. Uh, I I have one other goal for Stevens. I want to toss out there is that is that he continues to play special teams at at a at a good level, but I want him to take a tick up in terms of his tackle rate. He hasn't been first man of the ball too much, and it seems like to me he really should be more based on who he is as an athlete. And uh, and I think that 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 would that would be a good goal for this season. He's got a whole lot of other defensive goals, and it'll always be secondary. His special teams player, at least I think it will be secondary. Yeah, uh, but it'd be nice to see him take a take a step forward there. I like to see that. I would like to see his his pass break uh, his pass uh, breakups percentage get up there. Um, Nothing extraordinary, but mm-hmm. I, I want him more impactful at, at the at the, the point of catch. And I think that once again will help in zone because now everything's in front of you and you're not trailing, looking for the ball and trying to do all those other things that happen. So if he's an outside corner, if he replaces either Peters or Humphrey this season, or Humphrey has to move to the slot and he's the next guy up on the outside, right. um, it, it he'll when he plays in cover three in particular, just to try and explain what you're what you're saying here a little bit, yep. is he'll be looking into the backfield naturally from that deeper zone. Yep. So he backs off the football, looks in, reads the quarterback's eyes, reads the routes, tries to break on the ball. It's a much more natural position to get past his defense than having to play press man, come off the ball with that guy. You, you know, that has a lot of value in terms of route disruption right. to be able to do that. But it, it's uh, it's much tougher to get PDs directly if you're, a, uh, yeah. if you're a corner. And I think that is where the Ravens need to go to be complimentary to their offense. This offense needs the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can't have a defense who's going to be gambling and, and and doing all these all these things where you can sit there and in three downs be zoned, they can be three and out, and your team's got the football already. And you and you're and you and you've decided to stop giving them free shots on third and six in the flat. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. That, that Something's is, sticking with you here. <laughs> But right. but that's that was the that was the thing like third and six you knew they were coming from one side, and if it was anything of a good quarterback you just throw it in the fat, and it's either a tight end or a big running back against mm-hmm. a corner for a yard and a half. I think the tight end is going to win nine out of ten of those, and a running back is going to win eight out of ten of those. One one of the issues is the inside linebackers are on the field late did weren't, weren't really doing a good job of trailing that running back and I, I think because safeties just understand the game from the back end so much better that Clark or Hamilton or Jefferson for sure we saw it from Jefferson yeah. late in the season um, will be great in those taking both linebacker roles mm-hmm. on on obvious passing downs I think they'll cut out a lot of that crap with the yeah, running backs being Hamilton Clark. And whoever you want to stick in the middle of those those three amigos, mm-hmm. however you want to match it up for that week, I mean the the possibilities is is endless with say a Stevens, Hamilton, and Clark as your middle linebacker, and then have Williams on the back end with um, Peters and Humphrey, and you can just man under. You can go robber. You can go straight cover three and, and buzz. You can mm-hmm. have TJ out there and, and really be just four under three deep and, and yeah. all the speed on the field, but also the physicality and the tackling ability of TJ and Hamilton and Humphrey, we we won't talk about Peters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Peters is a ball hawk. It's okay. He'll, got his he'll go up there and spin one down every once in a while when necessary. <laughs> that's, that's good. All right, let's talk about what's a good season, a great season for Stevens here. I, I'll go again here if you don't mind. But yeah. A good season to me is, uh, and this is just a good, this is not a great. So he's beaten out of the possible starting roles, that there isn't one available to him. But he's available if needed as a rotational player 
or as a starter when called upon. His coverage improve when he d- improves when he does play, and his special teams play continues to be solid with an uptick as a tackler. I would and nothing I would change with that. I, I think that is perfect. And just throwing, you know, being consistent every week is that that is the one way to get in the Harbaugh's doghouse is not being consistent. Let me ask you this. Would it be a good or bad thing for the Baltimore Ravens if Brandon Stevens is a healthy non-participant on defense for 17 consecutive games? Because it would mean some things about health that I think would be pretty good about the other players and certainly in terms of the quality of play that he can't break in somehow. If he's if he doesn't start all year, I I I'm I'm a very happy camper. Okay. All right. All right. Outstanding. Uh, let's move up to a great year. Um, he, I'd say he's one of the surprises of camp. He wins a starting role as one of the cornerbacks, whether that's slot or outside. I think it's more likely to be outside for his, a skill set match, but but he wins a starting job one place, and that's based on play and not injuries. It's a little hard to feel that that would be not based on injuries if it's an outside corner, but I think it is if they don't like their slot guy, they think Stevens is an outside guy, and they move Humphrey to the slot. That's how it would be. I know that's not ideal for Humphrey. I don't want to see that either, Denard. Yeah. And and I would I I want to see Humphrey maximized, and and I think that's on the outside. But if the Ravens don't have a slot cornerback, it is very a very good thing that they have Marlon Humphrey. I mean, they have that. I mean, they have signed Kyle Fuller. Mm-hmm. That is an, another piece to this whole thing. Um, so it. For me, for a great season, I I know people are going to, like, scream at me here. But I would not be surprised if he came into camp and if he beat out Peters, that either, A, Peters is a trade bait or Peters is, is released. Mm-hmm. Because then you can take those resources and maybe go get that uh, something else or save that money for a rainy day fund. Mm-hmm. somewhere else because uh, sometimes when you play zone you don't need 80 million dollars of investment in the back he's a, he's 10 million dollars this year that the ravens can have back if they if they want it so uh definitely a not a zero chance that he's cut and um you know he's i think it's like 20 to 30 percent but if stevens comes out and has one of those camps, everybody just like, oh, mm-hmm. then you have to make, you have to have that discussion. Like, is it now or do we wait one year and and, and do that? But does that hamper Stevens' growth? That's yeah, least, kind of where you have to kind of weigh that out. Co- completely agree. That's exactly the the decision they would need to make. And and if they're if they're trying to replace him next year, you know, Jalen Armour is in the mix and Stevens. So you'd want to get a development year out of Stevens to see what you've got out of a yeah. second year player. Very important. I don't have a problem with with players effectively being redshirted in their first season. I'd like to get them get some some play. Yeah. But but a redshirt year is okay. And 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 if for for guys who are coming into their second year, it's really not okay anymore. So if if I had goals, I I want to see. Jalen Armour for something like 75 to 100 snaps this year. That's about what Averett played as a rookie. You know, get him in a little bit rotationally, late in games. You're going to have opportunities to, to, to get him on the field. Unfortunate opportunities. If he, if he plays eight games as a starter, it's because somebody got hurt. Yeah. Uh, but, but anyway, yeah. I, I, outstanding discussion, Denard. Really high level. Appreciate you coming on the show and, and, and lending some of your wisdom here and, and your thoughts about, about inside linebacker. We need, to, we need to have another show about that because that'd be a lot of fun, I think, and uh, people would like to hear that. Tell folks again now uh, where they can talk football with you and a little bit about the Fire Zone Show. So once again, you can find me at, at the Fire Zone Show on Twitter. Um, and that's just my show. The Fire Zone Show is about just talking defense, about talking to Ravens defense and and to the lead up to not only the season, but into the regular season and postseason. So, you know, we'll do film breakdowns. We'll do player breakdowns. We'll, we'll talk strategy and we'll, we'll, we'll tie it all together with a little bit of fun and a little bit of uh, some truth bombs every once in a while that some people don't want to hear. Um, but other than that, we have fun. And, you know, if you want to come over and join us, by all means. Oh, absolutely. Be be thrilled anytime you guys want to have me on. I'm available. Uh, other folks out there, 
If you want to be on a film study short, hit me up with a DM. They're always open on Twitter. I want to hear from you, and I promise you I'll get back to you very quickly. Uh, looking for material, of course, all through July. Uh, we had an incredible fun with this expectation series of, of uh, various analysts coming on, and Denard is one of many uh, and, and one of the really outstanding ones of many. Uh, very happy to have them all on uh, doing shows. Denard, thanks again for coming on today. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.